Adrian. Jim, good morning. <laughs> good morning to you. Welcome to the Wee Dram Fest. Yes. <laughs> Audible handshaking. Yes. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Morted Muse podcast. If you want to contact me for any reason whatsoever, please do so at jim at themortedmuse.com or visit my website, themortedmuse.com, where you will find more information along with links and details of my daughter's charity challenge for Plan and the British Heart Foundation. This weekend... I was at Wee Dram Fest in Bakewell. I was there with friends and I had a wonderful time. My only complaint is that one day is just not enough time. Whilst I was there, I was able to talk to a few people about their whiskey, and some of these I have recorded and are in this episode. Some are going to be in future episodes, and some weren't recorded for a variety of reasons. One that I did not record was a nice informal chat with Compass Box. It is their 10th anniversary this year and to celebrate they've released a whisky called Flaming Heart. Now I found Flaming Heart to be a bit of a almost a hidden whisky. It's a whisky that has lots of flavours and scents there hidden away just waiting for you to discover. It's a whisky worth taking time over. It, elements of grain in there with a with a sharpness. You know, it's easy to drink, but it still has that complexity to make it an interesting drink. Licorice, all sorts of things going on there. Now that's a whiskey that they've brought out for the tenth anniversary. And interestingly, a few days earlier, I was trying another one of their whiskies, which I don't actually think they make anymore. Eleuthera with its pale lemon colour, its thin slow legs, its hint of bananas and lemons on the nose, almost like a banoffee pie, with its sharp, good mouthfeel, smoothing out on the finish. Banana currants, light and lovely with gentle spicing. A treat in a glass. Anyway, Compass Box, I think you like guys are doing a marvellous job. Tenth anniversary, all the best with that hope this year is going to be a really good year for you. Now first of all I interviewed Adrian Murray from the Weed Ram in Bakewell and also the event organiser. I have to say that he has not only organised the event very well but Adrian has raised the level of appreciation of whiskey to a much higher level certainly in the Derbyshire area. I'm very grateful to Adrian for this, and I thank him for it. So let's hear what he had to say. So, Weedram Fest, this is what, the second year? Second year, yes, yeah. Now, the first year, I think there's only Scottish whiskey here. Yes, only Scottish whiskey. Is that the same this year? Ah, well. (laughs) No, we have got English, we have Indian, Amrits here. English whiskey country. <clears throat> um, from that very well, the very very um, um, wonderful country Wales. Um, we have got 
some coolies somewhere, but I think they're uh, running behind. <laughs> so there's more to come. There's more to come. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have got this this whiskey from this very sort of um, strange country with different, um, very different customs of very different ideas um, than we have here. Right. Yeah, Norfolk. Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> what What was the motivation behind We Dram Fest? Well. Apart from the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids want to go away. <laughs> um, it's the flavour. We get because whiskey has such a range of flavour, and because a lot of people come to the shop, they want to try different things, and we want them to try different things because they will buy more. You need some more sort of vehicle to get them to try that. This is what it's about. You get something like a lowland whiskey and an isla, and there's a million miles between the two. So if you can try them and just sort of see what you like, that's that's what it's about. It's just about trying different things, yeah. and people want to. And all these guys seem to want to share it with them. So, <laughs> I mean, that seems to be more so the fact that this year it's gone more international as well. Yeah. No, that. And I suppose it's also that element of educating people as to what is out there, what's available. Even the international aspect, it's about the people. The reason we've got English here is that Andrew Northrup, I'm saying that wrong, Andrew from the English Whiskey Company, and um, Ashok, who's, who's with Amrut, really wanted to be here. We talked to them, we told them about the, we told them about the Weed Dram Festival. We want to be involved in that, yeah. we want to come. So they're here. Well, that sort of leads me on to my next question, really, is what sort of support are you getting from distilleries and companies? We are getting... Most of the distilleries we get excellent support from, really do. And particularly when you get to the, the um, independents, people like Brook Laddie, we've got Glen uh, Glasso over here, Springbank. And you mentioned Coolies. Coolie, definitely Coolie. Compass Box, I know they're not a distillery, but they're a smaller company. Yeah. Brilliant. But also we get these Tully Bardeen, Tully Bardeen over here. We've got John Black, brilliant guy. Um, we've got them there, but we've also got big people. We've got White Mackay over here. We have Grants, William Grants. We have Gordon and McPhail. I'm not sure if they're international. Or not. So, so, so we've got, got a good brilliant, selection. Brilliant source of Absolutely fantastic. They're always big, big supporters. Tricky question for you. I'm going to ask you two tricky questions yeah. there, one after the other. If you could go back in time, if money was no object, but you could only bring one whiskey back with you for today, what whiskey would that be? Ah, now, there's a good one. I did think I'd like to do some, um, um, have some Van Winkle um, Family Reserve rye, 13-year-old rye whiskey. But it was really mainly because I wanted the Van Winkle guys, um, Julian and Preston, who are father and son, Right. to actually come because you need them to actually appreciate it so that's interesting that. you're going back to your previous point it's not just to do with the whiskey it's to do it's with about the, people. the people the other one that I thought about was a bottle off the SS politician right that would have been fun <laughs> again because it's, it's, it's something from the back um, maybe sort of old Ardbeg so you could compare previous distillations yeah. of Ardbeg to new ones well, we could do that with a lot of distilleries. <laughs> yeah, you could. I was thinking about that the other day with Lafrague, actually, yeah. about how much that's changed. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ready for the other difficult yeah. question? Very unfair question to ask you. I know yeah. that. I'm not going to ask you which is your favourite whiskey that's here tonight, today. Right. 
But if there was a fire, you had to abandon the building quickly. <laughs> you could only grab one bottle. Which would it be? Now, there is an obvious answer. Because if you go over to the Douglas Lang stand, they have got a four and a half litre bottle of Big Pete over there. Right. But what I think, actually, it doesn't matter which bottle you pick. Because I would take that bottle, I would put it on my mantelpiece, and when people came to my house, I'd say, let me tell you about that bottle of whiskey. Yeah. 2010 it was, we dram fest. Chat went up, there was a fire, little fire in the kitchen. We were very calm, we were cool, we got people out of the doors. As I stood in the middle of the floor, just as the smoke was getting a bit thick, I looked round, just making sure that everybody was out alive. And in the corner of my eye, I found this bottle, this bottle of whiskey. And I grabbed it, I went out through the doors, Alison had ticked everybody up where everyone was safe and I turned around and the roof caved in just in the nick of time and I just gave a little prayer to the big man and said thank you for getting everyone out and when I taste this whiskey I think of that day and how lucky we all were so it doesn't matter which whiskey so, does it, when, so when you come out of the burning building yep. holding this whiskey is it wrapped up in like a baby blanket and <laughs> no uh, it's, it's, it's actually sort of in my hand a bit like, like this <laughs> Um, that's one of the answers. That's, one of the answers. <laughs> that's a good answer, actually. Back in episode six of the Morted Muse podcast, I was at Chatsworth. I bumped into a lovely young man called Peter who told us about the Scottish Liqueur Company. And at the time, he said, Look forward to seeing you later on at the Wee Dram Fest. And sure enough, I bumped into him again there and rather predictably I also tried some of that fantastic Bunner Harvin that he gave me a sample of last time and do you know something it tasted just as good in fact it tasted so good that one of the friends who was with me bought a bottle there and then and at the end of the evening we got together we talked about the whiskies that we drunk and unanimously the whiskey that we poured out as our favorite of the day was that Bunnerhaven. let's hear what peter has to say peter yeah peter lovely to see you again you too we last yes. met at chatsworth uh-huh. he's talked to you the arrangement but i think today you brought with you this Bunnerhaven, which i'm holding at the moment i said it at chatsworth i'm going to say it again absolutely fantastic it's um, one of the best whiskies I've had of the year. And as I've just said to you, it's almost faultless, I think. It's wonderful. It's very nice, yes. It's been one of our most popular, especially when um, going into all our accounts, all the, um, the shop holders are, are really taking a shine to it because it's sherry cast maturation. Um, it's just so soft. You can tell it's Isla, but it's only just a hint of smoke there, nothing more. Just so soft, silky, luxurious. And to try and explain to your, your listeners who obviously can't see what we've got on the table here, uh, it comes in a fantastic packaging, the bottle. Uh, it's, got the, 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 it's got the lettering hand-painted onto it, so you've got 1986 hand-painted onto it. And then on the label, you've got all the details, the number of of bottle that it is out of the 520 that were bottled. Um, the other ones that we have with us, we have an Altebain 1992 and Highland Park 1994, which come from the same line uh, as the Bunnahava 1986 does. It's called Celebration of the Cask, 
and it's the absolute pinnacle of what we do. The top, the top ones in the celebration of the cask, we have a 1965 Macallan range, which we have one from a fino, cream, a fino sherry cask, a cream sherry, and an Oloroso cask. Those ones, the, uh, the, the casks, the staves, were carved by a furniture maker to make the box of them. Um, and I can send you the picture of that to put up to show your, uh, to show your listeners on your website. Um, that one retails at £1,200 a bottle. Um, so that's the kind of pinnacle. That's what Celebration of Cask is all about. It's about the absolute best that whiskey can be. So, so, so the, the, the box itself the box is itself, made from the, the actual cask. cask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the actual cask. So you're going to get a texture from that, but you're also going to get some aroma from that wood, surely? Yes, you will get a slight amount. It, it has been varnished. Right. So you, will, you will get a slight, but you'll get more more varnish than anything else. But uh, it's just it's amazing how little of the wood, because the cast is very thick, how they use it and run it down to make it into the uh, the cast staves, um, which which is absolutely fantastic. How we can do that with the shape with the shape cast. Um, but that that's we also do a 68 Tamnavulan using the same the same principle. We have 68 Tamnavulan, which, which is again a, a carved carved down one. Um, the other celebration of the cast, like the Bunnahaven, the Altabane we have here, and the Highland Park, are a hard card box, really hard wearing and, and very elegant looking as well. Um, the tasting notes on the Altabane, it's, it's quite a strange whiskey, it's quite upfront, honest, agricultural style, but it, it's got kind of two layers to it, it's got two sides, it's like a split personality whiskey, you've got a quite an earthy upfront whiskey at first, but Add any hint of water or leave it in the glass for 10-15 minutes, it develops into a lovely sweet whiskey. It develops into a wee softy actually. And that's, it's just got, you can drink it in two ways. You can have it in the, you know, the upfront honest side or you can have it the nice soft sweeter side, which is the beauty of, of that one there. The Highland Park, you know, as you know, is a hugely popular dram. It's everyone's favourite Highland Park, but the distillery, distillery bottom can be slightly restrained at, for, at normal 40%. This one here is at full cast strength, so it lets out, it lets it run free. So you've got the full-on coal, coal smoke on it, slightly sweeter layers underneath, so you've got the hints of malt biscuits and shortbread on it. Absolutely superb whiskey as well. It comes in this very modern orange box. Uh, so we've got the orange box for the Highland Park, dark blue for the Altabane, and the cream white colour for the Bonnahaven as well. So that's that celebration of the cask that we've got with us today. Um, the, this edition here, we actually had a Glen Murray uh, 1991, which was a leaking cask. Only 81 bottles came out, but it's actually turned into a very nice whiskey because the air gets in more. So that one was all pre-sold before it even came to release, before it was even bottled. There is one bottle in uh, the wee dram in Bakewell, and fingers crossed there will be some left around some of other other accounts as well. But uh, you can you can also um, get that up at Whiskey Castle and Tomlinson as well. As well, they would definitely will have some. Okay, I want to ask you two nasty, horrible questions. Yes. Okay. I'll try my best. I've asked this to Adrian as well. First question. There's a fire breaking out. You've got to leave the building quickly. You can only grab one bottle. Which is that bottle going to be? In, in this room here. If, in if this room here. It would be one half and 86, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be one half yeah. and 86, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, yeah, okay. My hand might get to that one first. We don't know. Uh-huh. Because that would be my choice at yes, the moment as well. Absolutely. Just grab it and go before it's all gone. Yeah. Going back a bit further, in fact, going back to episode four of the Mortive News podcast, 
we did an episode about Tully Barden Distillery. Pairing that up with the story of the Lone Knight as written by my daughter. Well, at Wee Dram Fest, who should be there but John Black, distillery manager of Tully Barden Distillery. Welcome to the Tully Barden stand. My name is John Black and I've been in the whisky industry for quite a number of years. Well, I was born at Cardew Distillery way back. My father worked there, so I was born in one of the cottages. And then uh, went, when I left the school at 15, I went to work there way back in 1958. So that's over 52 years ago. And I've been in the whisky industry ever since, working for various companies. Really only three companies, Diageo, which was all SMD, yeah. and then I worked for Hiram Walker, which eventually became Allied Distillers, and then I retired, well I thought I did, in yeah. 2000 from Allied, and then I took up from Tilly Barden, and put that up and running in 2003, and I've been there ever since, selecting all the casks for the, all the different bottlings, and using my, my past knowledge you know, within the, the, the distillery plant itself as well, the and it's great, I enjoy it, I meet people from all over the world, I'm lucky enough to be travelling all over the world as well, on occasions, but really, I love selecting the casks, nosing them and getting what I think is right for all the different products that we've got, the Tilly Barden. Tilly Barden's a small, private, independent company, owned by four businessmen, and production is good, at the moment we're in production for six days a week, which is very good, and the percentage we make is small compared to some of your big, big companies, but we, we, we like doing what we're doing. The production area is still very much hands-on, everything's still manual, no automation at all within the distillery, and the We've got bolted warehouses as well, which is quite unusual at the distillery. They built in the 1950s by Brodie Hepburn. The original uh, distillery was formed in 1947 from the, an old brewery. And the brewery dates back way back to the, the 12th century. And it was a brewery up till the 1920s. And then it was uh, closed down, used for various purposes. 1947, this Welsh engineer by the name of Delmy Evans uh, purchased the brewery and converted it to a distillery. Unfortunately, ill health forced him to sell it in the early 1950s. It was purchased then by Brodie Hepburn, who set about expanding the distillery, investing a lot of money, built the new vaulted warehouses, put in bigger stills, bigger mash and really expanded quite a bit. And it changed hands again then to Invergordon and then in 1993 Invergordon was taken over by Whitey uh, Mackay and then unfortunately in 1995 they mothballed it along with another two distilleries because they did overproduction of what they wanted and then a uh, gentleman by the name of Douglas Ross said about purchasing the distillery from Whitey Mackay so that's why we became private and independent. So, it's, you know, it's, it's quite unique. It's very accessible, right on the main A9 between Stirling and Perth. One end of the village, Blackford, where it is, with Highland Spring. That's geographically, 
it's very accessible. The whiskey itself is also, I find, very accessible. It's not, it's not a whiskey full of harsh flavours. Or no, no, it's very, very big. We've got a range which is ideal for pre-dinner, during the meal. You can all different uh, variations for during the meal, and also get some very old whiskey from the sixties, which is great from after you finished your meal. So it's very, something for almost every palate there. Yeah, you know, so it really is very versatile. That's great. One of the things that people have been saying to me is that people are very important with the whiskey. It's not just that it's a drink, but within the distillery, the, the actual nature of the people in some yeah, way comes. I find it very loyal. You know, most of the people when they come to work in the distillery stay within that industry probably for the rest of their life. You know, and they, they, they feel part of it. You know, they get quite attached to it and very partial. I'm sorry, very passionate about their own distillery. You know, really, that's the, you know, I mean, I've been at all different distilleries around Scotland working for the company, and you always get very, you know, passionate for the one you're at, you know, it's, it, that's the one, you know, you want to promote and everything. So I'm very lucky, I've been all over from Orkney to Ireland to, you know, the mainland, so, yeah, working fast range. Now, you've got a selection of whiskies here, obviously I can't try all of them, so, here's a little experiment. I want to ask you this question. If there is a fire, you have to leave the building quickly. You can only grab one bottle to take with you. Which is the bottle here that you take? I'm thinking 1988. The 1988. John, may I try some of the 1988? Very welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. As well as talking to John about Tullibarden Distillery, I was also able to talk to Mark Watmer about Aaron Distillery. Tell me, is Aaron Distillery? I live Aaron Distillery, very new distillery. Yeah. We turned 15 year old this summer, uh, so a very young distillery on the island of Aaron. And we're based up in, in Loch Ranza on the north of the island, the mountainous part of the island. And we worked with uh, Glasgow University looking for a really pure water source. Right. Really important to us. The biggest constituency of, of, of whiskey is it's water. We wanted a lovely, pure, clean water source, which is what we found. We've got a lovely spring that feeds up through the mountains, very short runoff to the distillery. We're not collecting too much surface water. So what's the water running over? Is it we talking a soft water? It's, it's a very soft water and it's running, it's running down from the mountains and it's a lovely, beautiful Scottish, pretty little stream as they all are. But we're not collecting too much surface water. You've got a tarn at the top of the mountains which is fed by the spring which is deep underneath our room. So this is water that's coming over rock as opposed to heath and... You're, you're not collecting the, the Isla style of water. If you go out to an Isla distillery, pick up a glass of water from the water source outside the distillery. It's full of peat. They're using a fairly heavy filter to filter the water on the inside. You go to Aaron, the water's crystal clear, absolutely crystal clear. We do pick up a little bit of surface water on the way back, but it's very minimal. And is this water used for what? For dilution? For it's, processing? It's used for... all the way through. Right. All the way through. So you've got this fantastic water, and our master distiller says it's like giving a beautiful phrase it's like giving an artist a pure white piece of paper 
he can be very delicate with his brush strokes. So what we've got, certainly with our 10-year-old and with the 14-year-old, we've got a lovely, delicate whiskey. And what we wanted was a whiskey that you could pick up every day, absolutely every day. So please try it. Okay. Now is this what is this have you got any more releases, new releases coming out or Yeah, I mean Aaron are releasing the ten year old and the fourteen year old. We've done lots of single cask bottlings where we've bottled from single cask with wine finishes. And we've basically listened to our customer base. Right. We've listened to our emails from around the world. We've listened to people on the distillery tours. We've listened to people at shows like this. And there has been three that stood out, head and shoulders above the rest. Kind of captivates each section of, of, of fruit. You've got a Sauterne finish, it's sweet, it's apples. You've got an Amarone finish that we've got here today, which is the sort of middle fruit section. It's almost so summer fruit. And you've got a port finish, which gets the dark chocolate and the rich plum characteristics. Because you've got this beautiful... I want to say simple, but it's really not simple. Accessible? Accessible, single malt. It means we can be very delicate with what we do. We've been very delicate with our classic finishes, and it's a lovely garnish to the Aaron malt. Absolutely beautiful. We also have a, a yearly release of a peated Aaron, um, which is great. It's a nice change to what we're doing um, with, with Aaron. And you also have limited edition, so we've had Peacock, which is incredibly well regarded. You've had Rowan Tree, which sold through even quicker than Peacock did, uh, and we're due another release very soon. Now, I was going to ask you how the Peacock's doing. Now, the Peacock is If you can find a bottle, let me know, because I'm probably one of the few people who work for Aaron who don't have a bottle. Right. (laughs) But the Peacock is actually named after. There is a Peacock at the Aaron Distillery. Uh, The last I heard, he'd done a bunk. See, we, we, with this awesome water source we have, we have to be very careful how we return the water once it's been used for cooling, how we return it um, to the brook and to the stream, which then flows out into Lot Ramza Bay. We are very, very severely reg- regulated. It's a beautiful part of the world, and we, we obviously want to keep it beautiful. So we have these lovely cooling pools, which cool the water before we can allow it at the same temperatures we, we drew in, before we can allow it off into Lot Ramza Bay. Now, these cooling pools have attracted a couple of ducks, um, and they're quite brutish ducks, uh, and consequently I think they've had an influence on the peacock, and the peacock is buggered off, and it's consequently, I hear, um, living at James's house, in the Master Distiller's house, and is often to be seen clucking around in the Master Distiller's house, venturing occasionally back onto his old territory around the distillery, but he's still there, and he's doing fine. Marvellous. So your whiskies are being led to a degree by customer feedback. I think it's it's massively important. Okay. It's massively important. Now, I can't really express in enough words what an honour it is for a whiskey lover to meet some of the people that were here at the Wee Dram Fest. People like John Black, who are little legends, you know what I mean? And also people like David Doig from Fettercairn Distillery. Right, okay, so David Doig, Fettercairn Distillery. Yeah, fantastic. I have heard about you actually. Have you? Yeah, yeah. You've got a new release. Yeah, this is a new whiskey we brought out. Right. Three months ago. 
So what? Tell me about this. So it's what we call fair care and fior. Fior is a sign of means pure and Gaelic. Right. That's what the whole issue is. The unicorn again is a sign of purity. So what we've got with this one, it's an unaged whisky. Sixty percent of this whisky is fifteen-year-old single malt. Twenty-five percent is fourteen-year-old single malt. And the remaining 15% is five-year-old heavy peter, which is quite unique for fair care. Yeah. You know, so this is what we're now bringing in the marketplace. Completely brand new packaging. As you can see, it's very modern, with, with this sort of packaging. So yeah, I hope this does us very, very well. So how long has that been on the market? About three months. About three months. It's only getting into shops now. We're starting to get into shops. We had it in the visitor centre for sale before we were in any other part of the sort of country. Right. And we have a visitor centre at Peter Cairn as well. That's great. Now, I, I tried to find out a bit about Peter Cairn Distillery online. Yes. I had a bit of trouble coming through to a website yes. about Peter Cairn Distillery. You've got to go to the White Mackay website and then you will find the webpage on the White Mackay website. Right. Does that cause any problems at all? It does. Hopefully we were hoping to... Because White Mackay have made no effort, real effort to promote better care in any fashion for a number of years, we don't have a website of our own. We're hoping in the next year, maybe two years, that we will gradually build and get a website. Right. So that, that is coming? We hope that comes along, yes. Okay, great. That's lovely. Can I, just two more questions. I yeah. think I know the answer to one of them. If there is a fire breaking out here, you had to grab just one bottle to rescue, which one would you grab? Now what is that one you're pointing to? That one's a, it's a 24 year old. It's part of a limited edition. We, we now do these limited, what we call rare and prestige collection. We've got a 24 year old Peter Cairn, we've got a 30 year old Peter Cairn, and we've got a 40 year old. Right. We only have the 24 year old with us today. Uh, 30 year old, 40 year old, very good. Although three of them are very, very good whiskies. 30 year old is exceptionally good whiskies. Right. So yeah, so we take the 24 year old first. So we've got a couple of really special things here then. We've got a new release yes. and we've got a treasure they're of a different thing. Yeah. They're a new release as well. They're just out in the shops as well. Okay, that's great. And finally for this episode, do you know, you're at a whiskey festival. All these distilleries are there. How could you not go over and talk to the people at Springbank Distillery. Oh, that is a wonderful distillery. If you ever get a chance to look round the distillery, go and look round Springbank. I haven't done an episode about Springbank before, but actually Springbank, I have been round the Springbank Distillery, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, and... Um, I have mentioned Springbank before because Peter Curry. You know Peter? Yeah, well, I've met him a couple of times. I, he most likely doesn't remember me, but he once told me what I think is the best whiskey joke ever. Oh, do you remember what it was? Yeah, the lawnmower joke. Oh, but there's nobody in Camelton's got a, yeah. a lawnmower. Yeah, it's half cut of grass is half cut. Yeah, cracks me up every time. <laughs> Peter's only joke about the grass being half cut. <laughs> This gentleman thinks it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I met him once at Whiskey Live in London and I, I, was, I was talking about it and he said, stop mentioning that joke, it's really not that good. But anyway. He still uses it. Yeah. 
just say that I need to get some more material. Yeah. I can, I can be brief. I can just tell you a wee bit about it if you want. What about the whiskey joke? Uh, no, 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 right, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll spare you the joke. Yeah, yeah, please do. Come tell me a little bit about Springbank okay. and, if possible, about Kilcarry. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. We are definitely uh, individual. We're the oldest independent family-owned distillery in Scotland. Founded back in 1828 by the Mitchell family. We're still going strong. And without doubt, everything you see here, these four malts we have here, are the most handcrafted malts in the market. We do everything ourselves at the distillery in Campbelltown, right from the, the, the barley, the local barley, the malting, right through to the bottling. It's all done in, in, uh, in that location, which is very, very unusual. So what you're getting when you're buying Spring Bank is whiskey in the traditional old-fashioned way. We don't chill filter, we never have, we've never added any artificial colouring. Although that's becoming more of a trend, we've always been down that way. So we, we plow our own furrow, we do our own thing, and I think that's what makes us different from the rest. You were asking about the Kilcairn? Yeah. Well, Kilcairn is from a distillery that we bought and rejuvenated, it's called Glendale Distillery. And it was uh, 10 years ago we brought it over, we um, put in new equipment, or second-hand equipment, and our intention was to come out with a, to produce an unpeated Campbelltown malt in the way that Campbelltown malts were way back in the 1920s when Campbelltown was the whisky capital of the world. So it was unique. And that back in those days, the, the, the process wouldn't have been using peat, but would have been much more coal, Yes, we used those coal mining then. That's why there was 34 distilleries at its height in that small town because it was it was perfect for producing whiskey. The climate was slightly different. It's on a sort of little Gulf Stream. We had local coal mining in abundance at the time. Plenty of water, camel to walk. Um, our own farmland with plenty of good malt. wasn't as wasn't as wet then, so the the, the, the barley was, was good quality barley. So this is the, that's why we, we, we did this with Glen Gale. The Kilcairn is an ongoing work in progress. This is the second release we've got here today in this grey sleeve. The white, if you, if you see Kilcairn in a white sleeve, it's, that's the first release. It's four years older. So this is the latest. It's been matured in American oak casks for the last few years. So there's a heavy vanilla taste to it. So if it, why are you calling it Kilcairn? Well, we're calling it Kilcairn because the, op the option was to call it Glengyle. Right. Well, there's two reasons why we didn't call it Glengyle. The official, the marketing reason we called it Kilcairn is because Kilcairn is the old name for Campbelltown. Right. It's named after a saint called Kieran, Saint Kieran. We came over from Ireland, tried to educate the masses and they gave up, but we call it the name of Camelton, originally was Kyron Town, so it's St. Kieran, Kilcairn, so that's why we call it Kilcairn. The reason Glen Gyle doesn't really sound right, to be honest with you, it sounds more like a space-side whiskey, you call it the whiskey yeah. Glen Gyle. So Kilcairn's got a certain ring to it, I think, don't you agree, it's, it's got a Oh yeah, lovely, it sounds really good. So watch out for it, because it's, it's, it's in its young days, but uh, the feedback's been good, it's been very promising. So that's the second release. So it's officially six years old now. So I've asked lots of people this question. I'll ask you the same one. Fire breaks out. You've got to 
run out, you can only grab one bottle. Which of these would you grab? Well, at the moment, my favourite is very personal. The Hazelburg 12 year old. I think it's a cracker. What makes the Hazelburg stand out? I like a, it's very personal, as you know. I like a smooth, mellow whiskey. It's our only triple distilled malt. It's going to be doing Campbelltown. It's got no peat content, and that, that suits me down to a tea. It's lovely. That's my favourite, without a doubt. Here's a one twelve year old. Lovely. Thank you very much, Ian. Well, as I said at the beginning of this episode, Thank you for downloading and listening to it. If anybody wants to contact me, my email address is jim at themaltedmuse.com. There's going to be more from the Wee Dram Fest in a couple of special episodes coming up. In fact, three special episodes coming up. Um, I'm not saying I've saved the best till last, but what's still to come? is absolute gold so please listen again for that i've enjoyed this episode i enjoyed the wee dram fest whiskey festivals unbelievable places and i hope you'll tune in again next time until then goodbye